Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Matt, no offense to today's guest, but I have a feeling today's episode is going to be a little cheesy. Oh my gosh. Doug, you've, you've offended me. You've <laughs> offended me personally by making a joke like that. And you've, you've now single-handedly made the episode cheesy. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I spent a long time on that one. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> good. All right. Well, that, that's a start then. You're making, you're making good progress. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so as, as Doug has revealed, we uh, were interviewing Julie Pyatt this time, who is the wife of Rich Roll, friend of Nomad Athlete, friend of the podcast. And uh, her new book came out yesterday on the day that we're recording this. Uh, I guess two days before it goes live, and uh, and her book is called "This Cheese Is Nuts." It's all about vegan cheeses and uh, doing quite well, it appears from from my view anyway. And uh, we we're gonna dive into that today. Yeah, I saw I saw yesterday. I think it was that uh, when the, on the launch day that it was top one hundred on Amazon, which is which is pretty awesome, especially for a book about plant based cheeses, which seems like such kind of a far fetched idea right you know to be doing so well yeah i mean such a such a seemingly small niche topic so uh that that's a great thing right speaks speaks volumes about how far this whole movement has come and uh totally the the, you know the mainstream acceptance uh is happening so always always good to see any sort of plant-based book do well on amazon and elsewhere so um wonderful there and i am happy to i hope people will check it out it's it's, i have the book myself and it is a, a very interesting book we get into it a lot in the interview but um, lots of just it's you know it makes vegan cheese making appear quite easy. I haven't made any of them myself yet, uh, but compared to other books I've looked at, it doesn't seem like this huge intimidating process. It's like a lot of them are, are ready immediately. A few of them will take a day, and you add some acidophilus into the ones that you want to kind of age and get this you know some of that funk to them. Mm. Uh, but it's not like crazy putting it in caves, as Julie mentions in the interview. There's no there's not all those crazy stuff. So. Uh, I think that's a really good thing for sure. <laughs> that's good. What's ac- yeah. acidophilus? Acidophilus is uh, a probiotic people take. Oh. You know? You don't know that? I thought you'd be all into probiotics. You're like a kombucha guy, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you probably have some acidophilus like growing living in your beard, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, and so you just rub it on the, on the, <laughs> on the cheese and then we're good to go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so probiotic culture, I don't, I, you know, cheeses, when they develop the, that complexity of flavor, I think that is due to uh, a culturing process, which I don't pretend to know much about. I don't know how different it is from fermentation, which is uh, also develops complex flavors, but but is, of course, different because it makes alcohol. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. Leave that to the experts, Doug. Okay. Well, All right. <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> What's up with you? What's up with me is... I, as soon as I was all excited last time about being back to running, yep. I am, I am again sidelined with injury. Oh no. Seriously? <laughs> I should say I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm again sidelined not, not again with injury cause I haven't had an injury in years. Uh, but I'm again sidelined because I've gotten injured. What'd you uh, do? The, <laughs> what I did was went to the movies and I injured <laughs> my back at the movies. No way. <laughs> yes. So... All right, so we uh, and it, it's actually pretty serious now. I don't think it's. I should say that again. It's not. I don't think it's a serious, lasting injury. But today, specifically, 
I'm, I can't even walk. Like I'm walking three steps and then I buckle and fall down to the floor. Oh my gosh. And can't put my pants on. I have to sit down to do that. Can't do anything for the kids. Um, uh-huh. It hurts to sit, hurts to stand. Just can't do anything. <laughs> but what? but I, what was I, it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta hear what happened. Okay. So I went to I went to see Captain Underpants. We first first went to the Veg Fest. Saw Robert. Enjoyed the day there. So we we our next episode is with Robert Cheek, uh, which people don't know yet, of course. But um, you and I recorded on Monday, which was after the Veg Fest, after the movies, and my back was fine. Now three days later, it is uh it's starting to become a real problem. But anyway, went to the Veg Fest. Went to the movies with my kids. Took them to see uh, Captain Underpants in 3D. Doug, you are you? Is that on your radar yet? <laughs> no, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Okay, so it was it was between uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid three, I guess, or four. I don't know which number it is, but it's, I have heard of that series. Yeah, so that was that's a popular book series, which we right. we've read most of those. And the movies, the first, I think, two movies they have are kind of good, and I think this is the third. Appears much less good just mm. from looking at the previews, but anyway, it was between that and Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants is like a comic. That, I guess it's called a graphic novel, but it's just is a very very dumb comic book that the kids the kids these days are into. And uh, it was in 3D, so we said that'd be kind of cool. So we went to that, went to the Carolina Theater, which you and I mentioned on this podcast like a few weeks ago, I think. Yep. Where it's a cool place. They I didn't have any beer or anything, but they do serve local beer, so that's kind of neat. And when you order, I didn't know this. I haven't been to the movies in a long time. When you get the tickets now, at least at this theater, they want you to pick your seats, like on the screen, on this little iPad thing. You have to choose your seats, like in an, in an airplane. Oh. Have you seen that? No, it's been a while since I've been there. Yeah, so you have to like commit to the seats you want without even seeing the theater or what's going on or oh. what type of people, what height of people are in the different seats. You know, so interesting with the kids. Well, figuring with the kids being small we didn't want to have obstructed view so we picked i picked the second row seats because the third row was filled and i just wanted to be close enough but not too close but we got in and we were like staring directly up at the screen right next bent craning and then i realized that the carolina theater has reclining chairs now so there's an electric mechanism you press a little button and the this uh like a lazy boy the the feet thing comes up the chair goes back what (laughs) yeah so i was like this is really cool and we so we leaned all the way back and then could just lay and and or lie and and not have to bend our necks and kind of be comfortable so viewing the screen right underneath of it. But but lying down, it was kind of cool, three D movie. Um, but after about an hour of and it was very comfortable, I fell asleep, had the three D glasses on. I mean, it was a good, <laughs> just a good time. Riveting I, movie. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I I felt kind of comfortable. Then after an hour, I was like, something is going on with this seat in my back. I'm not sure what it is, but something is weird. And a long time ago, like 10 years ago, before I went vegetarian, and I, when I went vegetarian, I figured this was sort of the cure or something. Um, I had these little back issues. I remember when I was big into marathon training, to, trying to qualify for Boston, that a couple times I'd have to take a week off because I would get this weird back tightness uh, if I would you know, ride in somebody's car that had too upright of a back seat, or if I would sit on the floor and lean against the couch and watch a TV show instead of sitting in the couch like a normal person. So anyway, about an hour into the movie, I started to realize that this exact thing was happening, even though it wasn't hurting yet. I could just tell that the way my back was feeling that something was wrong. So I tried to, you know, squirm around and move and do different things. But uh, I think at that point it was too late. And I was so I was fine the next day. And even yesterday, just kind of normal, like it hurt me a little bit. I couldn't we tried to take the dogs for a walk. And I only did two laps around our neighborhood instead of more. 
and then today I just I just woke up and can't can barely walk. <laughs> so uh, so I've injured my back at the movies with the kids seeing Captain Underpants. Is it That's like the, a muscle thing? Do you think? I don't. I don't really know. I don't. I don't want to keep going into these boring details of my back, yeah, but I, know. It's... I. I hurt. Uh, I hurt it like in 2011. I was trying to do this, put on a bunch of weight program, and I even. I think I was blogging about this, and I think probably blogged about this. Hurt it when I loaded weight up oddly on the uh, barbell to do deadlifts, and I actually did like do something to one of the discs in my back. I don't remember if it was ruptured or slipped or what, but it it, it was messed up. I can't tell if it's that now. If that's like an added dimension of this whole back stuff that now that there's that issue that it's that getting worse or flaring up or something so i have no idea it's it's quite strange because i'm not someone who has like any kind of serious back problems or any back pain ever it's just those tiny little episodes that happened 10 years ago uh it just feels like that so i don't know who knows i'm i'm just i'm hopeful that this is going to be a strange sort of muscular thing and just be gone in three days but uh who knows well, Matt, I'm, I'm definitely sorry to hear that. I'm step, even more sorry to hear that it sets you back from running. But I'm got to say, I'm a little disappointed. I was kind of hoping that the story was going to have something to do with like Captain Underpants jumping out in your in 3D and like scaring you out of the <laughs> out of the chair or something like that. Yes, that would be good. But uh, no, it's Captain Underpants was not was not quite cats that in underpants. No, Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants. Okay. Yeah, got it. it it's the school principal, and they they hypnotize him and turn him into a superhero and he <laughs> flings underpants and all kinds of good oh, jokes. What a good what a good storyline. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was a good storyline. I give it I give it one and a half stars out of five. <laughs> if you're looking for a what did, what did your kids give it? Uh they gave it epic. Epic their rating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. So anyway, it was fun. Good times. Yeah. Um, all right. With that introduction, lengthy introduction, lengthy story. Sorry about that. Uh, I guess we should get to Julie Pyatt and this cheese is nuts. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great transition. <laughs> yeah. No. All right. Well, let's, let's get to the interview. <laughs> let's do it. Hey, it's Matt. I'm here with Julie Pyatt, who is author of the new book, This Cheese is Nuts, uh, which I personally am really, really excited about. So, Julie, thank you for joining us, and uh, and thanks for writing this book. I'm, it's one that I'm really, really excited about for, for several reasons, which I'll tell you about. Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, I am excited for this one. Um, it's It's been interesting to me that something like this hasn't happened uh, sooner, like a nice I know there's the Miyoko stuff, but I mean, there just isn't a lot of uh, good artisan vegan cheese out there. It's starting to be there in the stores, but uh, as far as how to do it yourself, it hasn't really uh, hit the mainstream, it seems, which is which is shocking to me, uh, but really good news that you've done this, because as I'm leaf- leafing through the book, what I really like is that you have all kinds of like specific, different, even like regional varieties of cheeses from different places that, for me, I do a lot of Italian cooking, which I'm sure is something you do as well given that yeah, I love uh, it. you and rich do the do the what, what's the name of the italy thing you do i'm sorry i'm blanking on it a plant power italia yeah there you go yeah. um so i do a lot of italian stuff and i cook like from mario batali books and all these other you know just semi-authentic italian things um but but you got to modify it of course and there's so many recipes that i just don't attempt because i don't have the central because i don't have burrata or mozzarella you know it's so like i just like don't do it or gorgonzola dolce like just can't do the recipe uh 
But now, now I feel like I can. So I'm gonna, really excited about that. Absolutely going to shift your whole experience of Italian cooking to the next level. You're going to be delighted with uh, what you can achieve with these recipes. It's it's quite shocking. It's surprising that you can actually create cheese without any dairy that tastes this creamy, delicious, rich, tangy. It's it's mind blowing. It really, really is. <laughs> yeah, and that's some stuff that I do want to get into with you in a, in a few minutes. Um, about that question, because I do think there's kind of a, uh, you know what, let's get into it right now. <laughs> I think when people think of vegan cheese, one of my, I was just trying to sort of hypothesize why has, like when cheese is the major objection that everyone says, why they can't go vegan because they can't give up cheese. When that's such a major like hurdle for people, how come this hasn't happened sooner? And one of my my thoughts was like that maybe people just sense that they can't do it, that they, that they sense that there's something special about using dairy products of some kind to make cheese that you're just not going to be able to replicate no matter what you put in the cheese, no matter how much you age it. Um, so what, I mean, what do you say to that? I know, I know what some well, of your approaches are, but, but yeah, I mean, ahead. well, what I would say, I mean, my perspective on that is that first of all, making dairy cheese is a very complicated situation. If you've looked into it at all, I did, mm-hmm. you know, when I started making this book, I started to look into, well, how do you make dairy cheese? And it was just completely overwhelming. There's no way ever in this lifetime I would ever be a real cheese maker. I mean, it's, it's, there's, it, there's so much chemistry involved in aging in caves and it's like a whole thing. Like it, like you have to, you have to be with it and wash it and turn it and wax it, like all kinds of stuff. That's really crazy. Like a pet, So right? if, yeah. So if I, so in another life, you know, if I was going to make dairy cheese, I, that would never have happened. So let me just say that. <laughs> And then the other thing that I think is was really inspirational about this this experience, really life changing for me as an artist. You know, I approach food as art. I never meant to become a chef. Uh, I'm a mom of a lot of kids, and I love home. I love cooking. I love gathering with community. And so it was something that I that I love to do in my own life. But this was never on my bucket list that I was going to become, you know, a, a cookbook. Uh, you know, author and chef. Um, And what I found from this experience is, it's kind of the way that I approach everything creative in my life. Um, You you might say that I'm, I'm kind of void of technique and overflowing with uh, creativity and inspiration and naivete. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm kind of like a child that just is like, yeah, yeah, I can do that, you know, (laughs) and somehow by some grace of God, I stumble on something that works. So I'm not a foodie where I don't follow a lot of food blogs or or read other people's recipes as a general rule. And I, you know, I just never do that. I just cook intuitively with things that I like and, you know, ingredients sort of seemingly call out to me when I see them at the farmer's market and that's, and I go down the rabbit hole. But what I discovered with this cheese um, experience is that where there is a will, there's a way. And, you know, there are, are countless unlimited potential of creative expressions available in the universe. And, you know, there's many different ways to, to do things. If we only open up our blind, you know, remove the blocks, remove our ideas of what we think is possible and be open to something 
new, innovative. So I did that. And because it's cheese, um, normally with cooking, I almost never make a mistake. Like it's, I don't think I ever remember throwing a meal away because <laughs> it didn't taste good. However, with cheese, it's different because there is some chemistry and I did have to kind of tweak and kind of check some things out. Um, I did consult a, uh, one particular cookbook um, uh, for a process and also, um, you know, Cafe Gratitude, you know, for instance, you know, they uh, they use Irish moss in, in their desserts. And so, you know, there were some unique ingredients that I had to become familiar with. I went to stores and looked at store-bought cheeses at the label ingredients, like what do they have in here? But besides that, I pretty much did it myself. And so I did have fails. I had stuff that ended up in the garbage. Like, for instance, I tried to make hemp seed cheese, which was a disaster. <laughs> Tasted horrible. It was so bitter. But what I found through trial and error is that I could make really delicious creamy cheeses using relatively few ingredients, extremely simple processes, and, um, you know, the most processed ingredient in my cheese is something called modified tapioca, tapioca starch. Mm -hmm. It's not the same thing as tapioca starch, but it's non-GMO and it's organic. And it's, it's basically, that's what it is, tapioca starch. Other than that, there's no huge mystery. You know, I'm aging with lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, uh, an acidophilus capsule, and I'm using ingredients like cashews, almonds, macadamia nuts, pine nuts. Um, then I also do walnuts. Then I also have like a, a nut-free uh, section where I figured out how to make delicious cheese out of white beans. Hmm. Um, oh. Also garbanzo beans. And then I also go through all the desserts. Like every, every anything that I missed that was creamy, I tackled in this book. So... <laughs> Creme brulee was like my thing. Like if I went out to a fancy restaurant and they had creme brulee on the menu, I was getting that for sure. So of course, when I became plant-based, you know, that was gone. So I have created the most delicious creme brulee. It's, hmm. it's better than the real thing. Um, and also cheesecake as well. So the book is very comprehensive. It's not only cheese recipes, but it's also meals, mm -hmm. you know, so for instance, there's a potato lasagna recipe in this. Did you see that photo? Did I you did find not the see lasagna that one. photo? I have it right in front of me right oh, now. But the photo is, yeah, you're going to die. <laughs> so, the, um, and that has, I think, uh, I think that has a cashew ricotta in it. Uh -huh. um, so you're just, I'm just telling you, Matt, like you're going to be embracing Italian food and you're going to be, you're going to love me, actually. <laughs> you're going to probably fall in love with me. Um, <laughs> and you know, when I was always a person that would order, like I wanted to order fettuccine Alfredo, mm -hmm. like that just seemed like such a great dish. And about the third bite in, I would have a stomach ache right. and I would sen suddenly be going like, this is gross. Well, there's an almond fettuccine Alfredo sauce mm -hmm. that is the I see that most right now with truffle oil in it. I like that. Yeah. It's so delicious. And you will never have a stomach ache from this. Um, <laughs> uh, it was it, it was just an amazing process. Well, that is great, and uh, and you know I can I can uh, second what you have said, which is that like I was shocked at how simple the things look. Like that's for me. We have my wife and I have not really gotten into making cheese. Despite, we actually went with Miyoko to uh, to Italy for a, a vegan 
tour thing uh, where Miyoko and I were like the co-host. But despite that, we got her books, tried her season, it was wonderful, and then uh, never got into it because I just, I just always, I've always had the sense that like it's going to just be a project, and you know who needs another project. Um, but as I'm looking through this one, like it really does seem like the things are surprisingly simple. Most of them, I don't think, are aged cheese, and and you know you make them and they're and they're ready, which is. I don't think what most people think they're getting into when they when they think of starting the cheese project. Yeah, the the book's divided kind of into three different sections where, well, you know, sort of. It's like there's a section of easy spreadable cheeses that let's say you're, you know, you're making dinner, you have friends coming over, you can make these spreads in about 10 minutes in a food processor and you're good to go. And they will be devouring these, you know, these cheeses. So it's, we have to be a little bit creative. So when you get the spread, you have to take out your sculpting skills and like mold it into a little ball, but Mm -hmm. it will hold, it'll hold if you do that. Um, also in the white bean, um, um, cheese recipe, for instance, that's just, there's no aging in that whatsoever. And the only thing you might do for that is just leave it in the fridge overnight. So it sets up in a form and Mm -hmm. then you take the form off and you have this actual, you know, wheel of cheese. Um, I made a burrata last night. Actually, I'm doing a Facebook live with Rob Bell on Thursday, which I'm super excited about. Um, and I made it for him. I'm going to surprise him, but he, um, this is made actually with almonds. It's I made it last night in the, in the processor in probably five minutes. It's uh, almonds that are blanched, apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, and coconut milk. Hmm. I blended it up. I opened a piece of cheesecloth. I put the mound in the middle, and then I twisted it with a piece of twine and made a nice, beautiful little kind of ball. And then I hung it from my fireplace mantle overnight. I'm going to hang it for two days. And that's going to age it enough. And then I'm going to put it in a bowl of coconut milk in the fridge for three to five days. And when you open that up and slice it and put it on your arugula Mm -hmm. and you drizzle it with olive oil and balsamic vinegar, you're just going to freak out. (laughs) I'm I'm sure that sounds wonderful. And, uh, you know, that sounds like not that much bigger, bigger a project than like, say, sprouting stuff on your countertop, which people do all the time and are comfortable with. Uh, or soaking beans overnight. I mean, you know, it's just it's like even the ones like that when that do take some time. Uh, it's you know, quite simple to well, actually do it. While we're on the subject, I mean, can we talk about the dehydrator? Can I just sort of Go dispel some of the mystery Please around do. the dehydrator? Because that, so, that is a hang-up for me. I, that's the that. thing, right? Yeah. You're like, oh no, if I have to get a dehydrator, I'm not going to do <laughs> we it. We have one. So oh. if, I, if I have to get out the dehydrator, that's my, <laughs> oh, that's so my level of laziness. <laughs> you even you even own one. Yeah, so I've got to learn how to operate it. Though my wife typically does that, so. Okay, so there's no learning. It's so it's so simple that it's just hilarious that we all have this mental block about a dehydrator. And I have to say that I think I wanted to evolve along with my readers because when I did the Plant Power Way, there's no dehydrator. You know, the equipment for the Plant Power Way is so basic. And mm-hmm. I have over 120 recipes of delicious, amazing food in that book. And I do have a basic cheese section, um, but it was... It was that cheese section. The cheese was so incredibly delicious that I knew I had to go down the rabbit hole in this <laughs> whole area. Um, and the dehydrator is, first of all, you can get one for, you know, around $100, maybe some are 75 maybe, you know, maybe you could go up higher than that. But you, you just need a basic model. And basically, the dehydrator role in this whole cheese making is you would make a cheese mi- mixture, much like I just described to you with the burrata. Mm-hmm. And you would put it into a form, any kind of sp- small spring form, let's say aluminum form or glass form. 
And then you cover that with parchment paper and you open your dehydrator, you plug the dehydrator in, you set the temperature to 90 degrees, you set the time to 24 hours, you place the cheese on the tray, you close the door and you press start. You walk away, you go, what do you do in the day, Matt? You're going to go, what are, you, what are you working on? What are you training for right now? What are you? I'm not training you- for anything. I'm, I'm doing some martial arts classes and some casual okay. running, but I'm trying to. Good. So teach. you're going to go out, you're going to go out for a long run and you're going to go to your martial arts class. You're going to go out to dinner with your wife. You're going to go to sleep that night. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to go for a run again. Then you're going to have, you know, a meal. And then when that 24 hour time frame hits, And it doesn't have to be exact, like it can sit in there even if the machine turns off. But when you come back home, you're going to take that form and you're going to put it in the fridge. And then you're going to go out and live your life for another day. (laughs) You're going to go do everything that you do for another day. And on date after day two has passed in the fridge, you're going to remove that cheese from the mold, turn it over and take it out of the mold. You're going to smooth the sides out because, you know, it might be kind of creamy and, you know, it might be kind of... um, you know, like not, not perfectly smooth. So you're going to just smooth the outside of it. And then you're going to be ready to eat that cheese. You have aged cheese that you can eat right then. (laughs) Or if you want to, you can put it in something called a humidifier, which is a fancy name for a wine cooler. Hmm. And you're just going to put it on a shelf in the wine cooler and let it age over days. Occasionally you can sprinkle a little bit of sea salt on it and turn it like let's say day every three days, just just in case there's any little mold that sets up, um, you would do that. But I have not, I generally don't have that happen. Um, and that's it. And you have aged cheese. So in my exploration, I never found an increased benefit in aging it more than 24 hours. Wow, okay. And I have, I have deciphered the exact acidophilus count, the exact strain <laughs> That makes it perfect. Wow. So, okay. But, and that's only, you know, that's rel- that process right there that I described is for five recipes because, and the, and the book has over 75. So there's, a, there's tons of other stuff you can make that doesn't require the dehydrator and that you can, you know, kind of get into it and start to feel, um, you know, get a feel for it. But once you discover these cheeses, you're going to be, you're just going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is this easy. I'm really looking forward to it, and and no cave necessary. It sounds like, which is which is <laughs> wonderful. No cave. No cave. <laughs> so you mentioned mold, Julie, which uh, I was going to ask you about because I noticed that you said in a little like sidebar in the introductory material um, that you didn't do. And I know you're talking about a different type of mold, not the on purpose type of mold. Um, but but you didn't you didn't do any cheeses with like the rinds or the mold where that's that's part of it. Um, which I understand because what you said, you know, like why would you kind of want that in your body? Uh, makes total sense. Where did you like draw the line, or what were you? Did you have any kind of basic criteria that said these recipes will be acceptable and things that involve this stuff will not? Like, like how did you end up, or how did you avoid making daya cheese? You know what I mean? Like, like you don't want to go so far well, that it's turning into just gross stuff. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to eat that. I mean, right. you know, I and I do eat it sometimes. I mean, great, you know, good for them. But I have to. We have to sprinkle it like super sparingly, yeah. you know, to be able to handle it. But yeah, luckily and and beautifully, um, my use of this modified tapioca starch made my melted cheese the the warm cheeses they melt in your mouth. They don't 
they're not gooey and gross. Like I want to throw up. They actually <laughs> melt in your mouth. It's, hmm. it's, it's amazing. But what I did with the, you know, I, I, I wanted to really become a master in this category. And so I set out to make cheeses with, with mold, with rinds, with mold, you know, rinds made from mold. Mm -hmm. And so I did the research and I ordered these packets that have to come in the mail and, um, they have names like penicillium bactillium. <laughs> <laughs> and so they've arrived. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. My molds are here and I have my cheese ready. And plus they like they ask you for the quantity is like one sixty fourth of a teaspoon. And you're like, you're like, how much is that? Like that takes like a day right there, maybe a week for me to figure out what that is. So uh, so I kind of, you know, experimented and I, I snipped the corner off of the aluminum packet of one of these very pharmaceutical um, named packets. And I put what I thought that was a quantity in, which is a, it's a, it's a minuscule, you know, drop, put right. it that way. And I went to bed and I woke up after midnight, my entire sinuses inflamed. Hmm. And I was like, okay. And I don't get inflamed sinuses. That's not something that I deal with. Uh -huh. So I was like, okay, what is up here? Like, what is wellness really? And what is health? And what is these molds? And I eat plant-based and, you know, I, I almost never go to the doctor, you know, I'm, I'm about prevention and eating in harmony. And I'm just thinking why, you know, why would I be eating these molds? And also what is my responsibility if I represent these molds and other people eat them and get sick? Right. So I made a decision. I did set up mold I did set up, I had to mix two of them together and I set up a nice mold on a camembert, a rind. And I took a taste of that. And the next morning I woke up with cystic breakout in my chin. Hmm. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I, we don't need it. Like you have enough of the cheesy taste already in what I'm doing. Um, and I have a, I have a glorious bl blue cheese. It's so delicious. And I've been making... I have a huge book launch uh, party event in Miami on the 14th, and I've made enough blue cheese for 100 people. So <laughs> um, I've been making the, you know, doing like a small production. And um, it's absolutely de delicious. It's only a two-day process, what I just described to you. There's no mold in it, and you get the blue from spirulina. I saw that. It that was really nice. Yeah. So, you know, you just don't need it. And, you know, people say to me, well, does it taste really like blue cheese? And my answer is no, it tastes better. And by the way, have you recently tried a piece of blue cheese? Like, do you really remember what it tastes like? Right, right. Because it really tastes like a smelly old tennis shoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sick. If you have to work that hard to acquire the taste for something, then maybe you shouldn't just kind of give up, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's a really good point that like, Surely somebody will object and say, "Yeah, but it's not real blue cheese because the because the veins are are from spirulina and because it doesn't taste exactly like it." But like what you said, that you kind of get enough of the like enough is enough, right? Like, you get close enough to a cheesy flavor, and especially if you have different types and you have different types of cheesy flavors with different cheeses, like that's kind of all we need, right? For I mean, for for vegans, this is wonderful that now uh, that now we can do these different styles of cheeses. And I'm like, you know, I don't care if it's not 100% exact. And I'm sure some of them actually are very, very close to the to the real thing. Speaking of well, that, did you, uh, oh, so I'll let you, in one second, did you, uh, I was wondering if you had to try and like, did you, when making say Gorgonzola or Gorgonzola Dolce, did you, did you like 
side by side test it with the real thing for for tasting, or did you have someone else do that? I'm guessing you no, wouldn't I, do that. I really didn't, and I didn't approach it like that. And and you know, it kind of ties in with what we just talked about. Is that this isn't this isn't dairy cheese? Mm-hmm. Okay, this isn't this isn't a book where I tried to make fake dairy cheese. Right. I'm not interested in that. We're evolving. We have to evolve. We have to be open to new and better ways. So. This is a new evolution of cheese. It's cheese 2.0. It's not, I'm not going back. You know, I could never match or create those tastes, nor would I want to. Um, but I will tell you that my main taste testers during this project were uh, Lucy and Jan Welters, actually Lucy Pinter and Jan Welter. Um, they are in the fashion industry. He's a big fashion photographer, one of the best in the world. And she is a, a fashion designer and they live in Paris. Hmm. <laughs> And they, uh, they moved here recently and we became friends, uh, and they were my taste testers. And I have to tell you, they are my biggest fans. They are begging me to start my own cheese line. They're wow. like, these cheeses are good. They're the only ones that are good and you got to do this. <laughs> so, so you think you might do it? Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, yes, I, I am open to it. I'm, of course, I'm looking for, it has to be the perfect right alignment because mm-hmm. it has to be in alignment with all of these values that we all care so much about. You know, it has to be sustainable. It has to be done in the right way. Um, but yes, I do understand that not everyone, uh, even likes to cook. So, um, you know, I've, I feel very, very happy that I've provided this, you know, really primer or, you know, Bible of cheese 2.0, um, for people to make it at home so they can see that they don't have to, you know, wait until it comes to their, their town or also it's a lot less expensive, I think, to make it at home. Um, but I will, and, and I am, I am stepping out on that, uh, on that expression of making uh, a line of in-store cheese. So we'll see Good. how it unfolds. All but right. I said it here. I said it here. On <laughs> there we your go. We, we broke the news. All right. <laughs> well, I, that's exciting. I mean, cause I think. I mean, I'm sure there's no such thing as I can't miss, but man, uh, good vegan cheese is, is, uh, is something that's still rare enough that, uh, you know, when you find, when you find, like everyone just talks about it, every vegan I know just shares what their favorite new vegan cheese is that they found in the store. So, uh, it seems like a, a, a market that is ripe for, uh, for new players. Well, and you know, it's certainly important. Uh, you know, I know that you're focused on health, um, and that's beautiful. And I am as well. I healed myself of a cyst in my neck using plant-based diet. Um, and so I really, really understand the power of healing food and the power of the body to, um, heal itself and recover when it's supported properly. And there's a whole nother piece to this plant-based lifestyle. And that is the connection to nature and the earth and the love and compassion and respect that needs to be given to our animals. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people don't understand that animals um, suffer greatly at the hands of the dairy industry. And some of my friends will say, well, you know, I understand not eating meat, but I don't really understand what's wrong with, you know, drinking dairy. And what we don't understand is that what's happening in these, you know, factories and in industrialized, you know, dairy farms is the animals are being brutalized and there's, it is not, it is far from the picture on the label of the happy cow in the forest. Um, I'm sorry, in the pasture, (laughs) but, um, 
that's one of the reasons why I was extremely honored to shoot for this cookbook um, at Farm Sanctuary. Gene Bauer uh, graciously allowed me into his home with these beautiful rescue cows. And I had a magical experience shooting with them. They were extremely welcoming, and I got to kiss a lot of them. And <laughs> and um, they're you know they're magnificent beings, and a, a lot of us don't even know what a full grown cow looks like because they're slaughtered in their adolescence mm-hmm. before they reach you know full age. So um, these things are all connected. Um, food really does um, matter, and it matters not only to us as the individual eye, but I think you know, we now is the moment for us to really think collectively and act collectively because really the, the, the right way to think is about we and not just about I. Yeah, I, I like that. I obviously agree with all of it. Um, and, and I think, I think it, it does tie into what you said about, you know, sort of evolving to a new thing. Like, like not saying let's just like cheese is only good if it can exactly match what we currently know as cheese. Uh, just like with burgers, like I try to, you know, tell people, like a lot, so many people who try veggie burgers roll their eyes at them who who aren't who aren't vegetarian or vegan, um, and say, yeah, but it's it's just not not the same thing. You you would that would never pass for this, and like that's not the point, right? We're trying to say like let's let's have a new food that is that is satisfactory and really really good and isn't supposed to be the same as that, but but does so much more for for first of all our health, but then but of course like the whole rest of the earth and and animals and everything else. So. Um, I really like that. So that, that is where it fits in, of course, like where your book fits in, um, when it comes to, to animals. What about with people's personal health? Like, where do you think cheese fits in there? Because clearly, I mean, it's dairy cheese, not, not a health food by any means. It's just responsible probably for a lot of obesity and other sicknesses. Um, certainly plant-based cheese is going to be better than that. Um, Still, of course, nuts, you know, fairly calorically dense, oils, very calorically dense. Where do you think cheese, your cheese, anyone's plant-based cheese, like where does that fit in in someone's health transformation, someone who's undergoing something, trying to lose weight? I mean, do you think it's something that that they just should, having found something like this, should just kind of eat as desired? Uh, I mean, obviously within some limits. Or or do you think it's like for most people something of a of a treat where like you don't you don't eat more than an ounce at a time and you kind of try to limit it? Uh, I don't know. I just wonder where you where you put yeah. plant based. Yeah, cheese. that's a great. That's really really important. It's it's a great question. So this is how I feel about it. First of all, I want to share my first hand experience as being the creator of these cheeses and having to test these recipes over you know a year and a half period on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. I want to say right now that I never gained any weight. Second, first of all, mm-hmm. and secondly, I never had a digestive issue where I was like, oh, I tasted too many cheese and I'm not feeling well. Uh-huh. I was shocked by this because if I grab a handful of nuts and I eat them, I'm going to get a stomach ache. I'm very, very sensitive individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference with these cheeses is that when you soak the, the biggest pre prep step of this process is you soak the, the nuts overnight when you have soaked them and then added these other ingredients to them and blended them up, they've almost become a superfood. Hmm. They've been fermented. Right. They have, you know, whatever it is, they've been fermented. They've been, you know, liquefied. Um, they've been soaked. So you're not digesting, this is not the same as digesting just a handful of nuts. So that's a beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm thrilled and, 
and just, you know, joyous to, to share that that is the true experience. Now let's move to individual body types and what is going on in our lives. Um, if you have heart disease, if you are suffering from an imbalance that has been created already from your life, um, it would be an error to think that plant-based cheese is the solution to your imbalance. <laughs> so, you know, you have to know who you are. And each individual, we have to take self-responsibility for our lives and we have to make our own decisions. So, of course, I've made this beautiful cheese book as an offering because it's such a thing that we miss in our lives. However, this is a condiment to my richly uh, prolific and abundant plant-based diet. So I'm eating all kinds of leafy greens and, you know, and uh, everything that is contained in a plant-based diet with a condiment of cheese, not every night, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, you know, a couple times a week, maybe, you know, like, or when you have guests coming over or if you, you know, just normally like you don't need to eat it every day that's you know that's not what we're saying so again we have to get out of this instant gratification and also really sort of gluttony and greed with our food of having to you know just go crazy in every single way and i would you know i would make your own assessment you know i would try it and see how you feel i do want to say something about the oil content i want to talk about coconut oil Go and I know that there are many doctors in the plant-based field that say that, you know, coconut oil is bad for you. And I love all of their work and they're incredible. And, you know, I, I respect them and I honor them for their experience. I just have to say in my experience, that is not my experience. My experience with coconut oil is it is, it is a healing um, food. And you can tell when, even if you took a, a tablespoon of coconut oil and put it in your mouth, it melts. So your body is warm and that coconut oil is never going to get hard inside of your body. It's moving through. I use it externally. I use it internally. I use it cosmetically. Um, it is an, it, you know, I use it for cuts, for bee stings. Um, so coconut oil is not you know, there's a lot, a lot of research now that backs up what I'm saying. But again, I'm a yogi. I'm a creative spirit. I come at this from an energetic resonance. And uh, that is a, a, a wonderful healing um, food uh, for my body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm going to be 55 this year. My skin is soft and supple. And I am very, very healthy. My hair is healthy you know, these are what I would call healthy fats. Now, if you are suffering from heart disease, you're in a different category. You have to balance yourself before you can take these condiments. Yep. So it depends on the person. Um, but that's kind of, you know, that's my overall perspective. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, the oil thing is something I've you know, on a personal level, just gone back and forth with, looked at a lot of the research, still haven't really drawn any major conclusion, except that uh, for some people, it seems totally fine. For other people like heart disease patients, people who need to lose a large amount of weight, you know, they're the ones who need to limit it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Is coconut oil primarily the, the one that you use when, when making cheeses? Yeah. For it, health reasons know, or because of how it, how it works? 
In yeah, for all reasons, okay. the energetic vibration of it, the way that it it helps the cheese to to set up, you mm-hmm. know, to actually firm up. Um, but I would say, um, yeah, and it's and it's the best taste. It's melt in your mouth, and you can get refined coconut oil, which has no no coconut uh, flavor. Mm-hmm. So that's you know that's what's used in a lot of the recipes. That's kind of the secret ingredient that makes it really work. However, you could. Um, experiment with some of the cheeses and using Irish moss. Um, and that is, again, it's this fancy name, Cafe Gratitude. They were the first people, you know, that I'm aware of that used it. But it's basically a seaweed that you order online. A package of it will last you one year, I'm sure. And you keep it in the fridge and you emulsify it with water in the um, Vitamix. And it, and it gives kind of a body, you know, it's for, it's filler. But you it's know, a natural I used substance. to do a... Uh homebrewing of beer and they would use Irish moss sometimes in like the filtration process or something, the fining of the beer. Someone told me that that is the same as the, uh, carrageenan, carrageenan thing that, that everyone's made a big ruckus over. Is that the same uh, thing? And not that I think that, that ruckus is deserved. I mean, I don't think no, there's that much of a problem, but that's not, not that's actually not. No. And I, um, did not include, uh, the carrageenan carrageenan in my book for that reason because I didn't need it. Uh-huh. And there was too much controversy around it. Right. So, um, no, that is not the same. It is a different variety of seaweed. Okay. And um, uh, Good that is not true. Good. Good. Well, I think, uh, I think to wrap up, I think it's really important to make the, the flip side of the health discussion. Um, you know, I asked, like, you know, nuts are sort of calorically dense, probably not the food you want to eat all the time if you're trying to lose weight or have heart disease. But on the flip side, most people don't eat enough nuts. Like, that's one of the major problems with, with the Western diet. I think there are, you know, a few you could point to not eating, eating enough beans, not enough fruits. Not enough nuts. I think a lot of people do have that problem. Um, it's really easy to forget when you're eating this cheese that it's nuts. And I think, mean, like, this cheese is nuts, right? It's, uh, I don't know. I think, I think for many, many people, adding a little bit of cheese into their diet of, of you know, plant-based, nut-based cheese, of course, um, you know, would actually be a beneficial thing for their health. So I, I do want to point that out. That I'm not saying this is a food we need to all limit. I think I think there's there's really it's so easy to forget that something that tastes this good and rich, uh, you know, can actually be good for you. So uh, for that reason and many others, I'm I'm very appreciative that you have put in this much effort and experimentation to make a book like this. And uh, it's beautiful. It is out uh, the day before, no, two days before this podcast goes live, which is Tuesday, June. 13th um that's when the book comes out julie is it uh is it everywhere stores amazon is every it is everywhere on june 13th all right good uh anything else to to say other than other Um, than go check it out yeah, I guess I'll, I'll um, share this with your listeners. Um, we are um, running a really amazing giveaway in association with the release of This Cheese is Nuts, and it still continues a few days after the release. Um, we're, we are giving away one free spot um, on our trip to Ireland. We're, Rich Roll and I are holding a retreat, Plant Power Ireland, Um, July 24th to the 31st, and uh, we have one free giveaway spot. So if you're interested in that, go to ourplantpowerworld.com, and you can find out how to enter. Um, In addition, 
we're giving away uh, five uh, annual subscriptions to Rich Roll and my uh, Plant Power Meal Planner. This is a meal planning service that you can subscribe to for a dollar ninety a week, and you get uh, you can it's like a personalized thing. You can enter all your needs, um, you know, any allergies, any preferences, and it basically will provide you with an entire, um, you know, recipe plan, shopping list, and in some areas also grocery delivery. So um, check that out. Also, you can find out those details on my website at srimati.com, S-R-I-M-A-T-I.com. Okay. Sounds great. Um, Check it out. This Cheese is Nuts in stores, on Amazon, everywhere you can find it, I would imagine. Julie, thank you so much uh, for your time. This has been fun. Thank you so much, Matt. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Bye.